0: everyone and thank you all for tuning into the season two premiere of how we bounce back today's episode the season two premiere will be dedicated in high honor to my father the late great jim velasquez The reason why i'm also leaning in like this is because i need to talk to the podcast because <laughs> <Like, laughs> you know i'm gonna get the good audio over here and of course i'm speaking to y'all from my uh imac so you know sorry that i'm not Uh, looking at the camera. We were actually going to start this season back in February of this year. February 24th, to be
1: exact. And when I was getting ready for the show out here in LA, um, I found out my father had COVID-19 and was hospitalized. And so, had to fly back home for that. And obviously, life comes to a complete standstill completely frozen. Nothing else really matters except for your family. And so so I think most of you all know that my father passed away due to COVID-19 on March 2nd of this year. He he was recovering and things drastically bad happened and we are fortunate to God that we continue to hear his voice every day as I always say throughout my social media posts and conversations with you all. And we are so fortunate to him for the legacy that he's left behind. It's been painful. It's probably what most of us, we never want to see this. And so, you know, to cope with this pain it really, we, my family and I, we really are appreciative of all of the prayers, the support, the flowers, the food, deliveries, all, all,
0: even the friends that have reached out that I haven't talked to since middle school. It really means a lot that you had
1: shared a memory of my father. Those thoughtful messages have really, really strengthened us through, through this difficult, most unimaginable time. And simply, all of you that have been having their hearts out for my dad, who is watching over us now, so, my father, he casually mentioned to my mother, I know some of you have already seen this story through my Facebook,
0: um, but he casually mentioned to my mother that he... Um, well, the story starts with, we're driving down south, like coming from D.C. Uh, into Virginia. And so, as most of you know, if you drive west on Constitution Avenue... And you drive behind the Lincoln Memorial, drive down the Arlington Memorial Bridge and take that little turn and get past the Pentagon, get back to 95. I know my father had mentioned this to my mom several times. My father always, you know, he really is forward thinking and sometimes too forward thinking. And uh, but it's probably, you know, fair that he mentioned this. And he always mentioned to my mom that um, in the event. Of course, when that time comes, he would want to be buried at Arlington National Cemetery. And for those of you that don't know, Arlington National Cemetery is held in very high regard for those who are in service of, of this country, uh, for the military, for the for the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, National Guard. Anyone's at service in this country, from um. From a military standpoint, whether they pass away in combat in duty, active or retired, they can be eligible for arlington national cemetery and my dad he spent a lot of years um in the military twenty two years a long time a lot of a lot of people get out early and he spent a lot of time there in my a lot of my my elementary school and my middle school life. My dad was deployed overseas sometimes at war and so um you know we really known him to be that superhero so it's only right that we wanted to do this at Arlington National Cemetery so the what the the catch is here is that um it it takes a while it takes a while for uh the burial and the funeral service to be scheduled uh just simply because they have to go through The review process and, you know, check if they had honorable discharge and their rankings and just also coordinate uh, the officers to make sure they get um, military honors. Like uh, the soldiers to really be there and carry my dad's casket and the chaplain and, you you know, the gun salute, the rifle salute. And so... Um, we got accepted and so his, uh, interment date, his burial date will be on July 6th, um, this summer. Um, and so, um, my mom and my brother and I, we've, we found peace in that. We've, um, we... We want to hold out for him, as he would for us, because this is something that he would certainly appreciate. This is our last, this is one of our, it wouldn't be our last parting gift, and it wouldn't be a farewell, because I know he's going to always be with us every day, and I always firmly believe that. But if there's something that he can truly appreciate, is us holding out for this honor for him. And so, um, I wish my brother could actually join me today on this podcast episode, Um, I asked him. um, He's not ready yet. And that's fair. You know, we all grieve uh, differently. And, and, you know, I'm very, very close to my brother. And I know my brother is very close to my my father as well. And so um, there will be only one eulogy at the Arlington National Cemetery. And uh, we, it should be Jeff um, giving that honor because he's been spending so much close time with my father when I moved to L.A. for the last five years. So um, due to time constraints, it can only be one person. Only right that's going to be Jeff. So um, Jeff, just know dad loves you. I love you. And we all do. And I'm always proud of, of you too, Jeff. I'm going to break up this sort of podcast into a couple parts. You know, we'll we'll talk about just parents. We'll talk about um well actually I'm gonna read you all the eulogy that I prepared. It was uh um I prepared it actually the night before my dad's viewing. Like staying up till like three AM in the morning. While my while running around and it was a pretty much a tornado of to do's errands, like errands to like pretty much get a headshot of him for the for the, the portrait at the funeral. Like, um you no, know, of course, all the benefits claims. Well, we kind of did some of the that we
1: we took care of them after the viewing, of course. Um, and, um, there was there was just it was just a tornado. It was
0: like so hard to grieve because like I know my dad would be the captain of the ship in the event something happened to someone else in our family. He would steer it while you know it was very difficult for our family. Um, and so I. I knew I had to do something and rise to the occasion here for him. Um, Meanwhile, you know, planning, like, his viewing, his, his, uh, you know, of course, the virtual, uh, the live streaming, um, right? And so, and then the burial at Arlington, um, you know, just prayers every day, like, you know, reaching out, talking to people, sometimes closing myself off, most of the time, actually, and, and so yeah, I'll read you all the eulogy for my dad because um, it pretty much what I wanted to do was um, give a lengthy summary of all of the accomplishments in his life from birth to his his adolescence to his young adulthood to coming to America, raising a family here, you know, and just the legacy that he lives leaves behind. So. I think I capture that on the eulogy. Sometimes I, I will if there's a part in the eulogy where I can tell a separate story, I will do that. And then lastly, you know, I, I'm going to go into detail onto uh, several times that he bounced back. You know, there's so several stories that my dad had discussed and some that we knew we experienced with him. Um, you know, my my father and I, we we we've had. Hourly talks on the phone with each other um, um, when, when, I, um, when I'm living in L.A. the last five years. We've had hourly talks, our Friday talks, and just talk about everything in life. And so my dad, as much as I am, is also just a storyteller. I pretty much pre- got it from him. And so he's telling stories that, you know, before his time with my mom, you know, when he was younger, and um, you know, this is seventies and with his friends and his, you know, and his Velasquez siblings. So um so yeah, um that's it. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do in this podcast episode. Um and then um of course we have the rest of season two, another twelve episodes this season. So thank you all for your your support as always. Um Wednesdays, eight PM Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be a longer season than season 1. We will have a mid-season break because um this summer um because um we would have to fly back for my father's uh interment and uh also spend time with family. And then of course, uh my father as only he would um you know his last words he said to me when he was in the hospital. Um, was that he, in the last words he said to me in the hospitals, we'll, we'll, we'll plan your wedding next month, James, don't worry. And I said, dad, uh, don't even worry about that. Like, I, I don't, I don't, don't even worry about that. Please focus on, you know, your recovery and your health and, you know, please, please, um, you know, we're not, we're not even worried about that. And so, um, Everything happened. And I think the last thing he knew was that he wanted to see uh, a wedding this summer with Rosemary and I. And so we will continue to keep that date, July 25th, because it had it not been for this COVID pandemic. Of course, my dad and many other families would still have their loved ones here. My, we would have my dad here. And, you know, it's no one was really spared from this pandemic, whether it be through, you know, financially or anything and um had it not been for this pandemic we would have had a wedding on June 7th of last year and my dad would have been there on that day all four parents of me and Rosemary would have been there on that day so you know it's only right that I think my dad wouldn't want a situation
1: like this to really steer us away from you know living the life that we want to and so um yeah rosemary and i have have many plans, so um but yeah, again, three parts
0: you know we'll we'll talk, and then of course, we're going to discuss my dad's love for family, and so uh, a lot to walk through anyways. here is the eulogy that I had read for my dad when we were at the viewing with his physical presence there um this was back on March sixth of twenty twenty one so I know some of you have already heard me said this while you were at the viewing or uh, watching um, through the live stream on the, the Zoom webinar. Um, but I think I, things have been more bearable now. So you can probably hear me read through everything without crying all the way through. And, you know, please, you don't have to say it's okay to cry because I have cried so many times this year since since my dad first got sick. Um, For his first hospitalized I've been crying so many times Especially in the month of February when he was intubated Like you have no idea I'm literally out of tears So please you do not need to say that And I am not afraid to cry I clearly have cried on another podcast episode So no need for that So now I'm going to read you all the eulogy for my father These past few months have been the most painful experience In my life, my mom's life, and Jeff's life To see a parent and husband in the final days is one of the most difficult things we will ever experience as humans in this lifetime, especially a father who's been so gentle, kind, and caring for his family. We had so many plans for a bright future in your retirement, and I beg to God every night, multiple times a day, for the month of February to allow for your third act in life. Those final moments in the hospital sprinting down the hallway in tears, telling you in your final moments that we will always be together. A few days later, after praying and talking to you in heaven, now I see what God has planned for you. We will truly always be together. I firmly believe that. I'm going to stop right there, everyone. There's one piece of advice that I could give here, is to just really continue giving everything for your parents. They had given everything for us when when you know, if you have a good relationship with your parents, they had given everything for us when we were growing up in this life. And we should still do this the same. I know for us young adults in our middle years, we all want to explore the world or, you know, do it on our own or, you know, get out of the parents' house. But really don't don't forget about those middle years. I know we'll tend to be more gentle when we see them as older and and more you know in their in their retirement years but in these middle years they, it still counts and they have feelings too and they and they love us and they want even though they want to see us succeed and do our do do good on our own they love it even more if we continue to come back to them and please 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 don't don't ever dismiss any conversation from them don't don't and if there's an argument just to, you know take it with positivity swing, swing swing it to the positive side because again again you just don't know the last time when you're going to see them physically and be with them physically and so really give 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 them everything as they would for you on July 27, 1957, my father Jim Velasquez was born in Angeles City in the province of Pampanga of the Philippines. Born from his mother, Angela Velasquez, and his father, Cosme Velasquez, my dad was the seventh brother out of a family of 10 brothers and one sister. Over the next 63 years, my dad lived an incredible life filled with accomplishments, love, and family. In his early years, my dad was a gifted person. He showcased that as he was the valedictorian in elementary school and the spelling bee champion of the province of Pampanga. I'm sure you all have heard the phrase social butterfly. My dad was a social eagle when it came to his friends growing up. He attended RCC High School and FEU College in the Philippines back in the 1970s and still in recent years kept in close contact with all of his high school and college friends. He spent time with them in in San Francisco back in December 2019. He drove up to Toronto in May 2019 to spend time with them there. In November 2017, he spent time with them in Orange County, California. He flew back to the Philippines in early 2014 for another reunion. Reunited with them after so many years in summer 2005 in Las Vegas. One of the more recent memories was in December 2010, Dad, when you reunited with your classmates in Pampanga, we drove out to a camping area on the side of the mountain with Roly. The glow on your face as you chatted with all of your classmates and showed off your beautiful family, mom Jeff and I, that makes us so happy to think about how many times you've had those full circle life moments. In the party era of the 70s, I'm sure this is where you develop your dancing skills, singing skills, his alternative dream world job is to be a singer. You love singing Awitimo, which brought so many joys to our family many times. You sang the 70's greatest music, September, Boogie Wonderland, Earth, Wind & Fire, Fantasy. You've told us time and time again you were the beer drinking champion, which was correctly fact-checked by your siblings dad your energy resonates that i now know why me and jeff are so extra when we come to, when we are partying at least my mom is the behaved one <laughs> so we got it from you dad and we love every single part of it in the golden era of the 1980s this is where my dad's life's changed for the greatest things that we know of him today he entered the u.s navy in 1983 which brought him to america which actually brought a lot of my dad's friends and my uncles to America. My dad was also curious to learn new things, meet new people, and excited for any and every adventure. He met his best friend, Bernard Roloda, and together on one fateful night, my dad met the love of his life, my mom, Luz Velasquez, at Bowling Air Force Base in Washington, D.C. back in 1985. They married in 1988. My mom had her beautiful wedding dress, and my dad had to match it by wearing an all-white suit tuxedo to elevate this already momentous occasion. Had this marriage not happened, not only Jeff and I wouldn't be here, it's likely most of us would have not been here together. Luce and Jim connected the world of relationships and family, and a few years later, after many prayers, they began their own family. The birth of of my father's two sons, James in 1991 and Jeff in 1993, marked the beginning of true happiness and fulfillment on this earth. He was as present as a father as you can be, even as he was active in the military. He was as present as you can be during birth, baptisms, first walks, going to school, going to the sports practices, sports games, soccer, baseball, football. My first word I spoke was daddy. Growing up, I cried if it wasn't my dad pushing my stroller when we were out and about. As a child, you can't really rationalize things, but this was God telling me already who my superhero was. Not Superman or Batman. My superhero was Jim Velasquez, and he will forever be that superhero. It wasn't so easy at times growing up in the 90s or 2000s. My dad was away a lot when he was active in the U.S. Navy. Throughout my first 14 years of life, my dad was stationed in San Diego, Norfolk, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, Okinawa, Japan. My superhero was out there all over the world saving people and dedicating a life of service to this country that I now know why he's so passionate about it. And that's something that's hard for us to find. It's something that he had all his life and we all still try to figure it out right now. In our own lives my dad found his passion he stuck with it and he made us proud we were so proud to see him rise in the ranks and promoted to chief when we celebrated his milestone in california then his superhero powers went even higher after being deployed to afghanistan in 2001 in iraq in 2003 i was scared at the time being a young kid and seeing for the first time in my life active war out there on tv and that you're going out there But seeing you as one of the brave leaders up on that stage calling up the soldiers before being deployed to Iraq, it made me feel proud to have a superhero dad like you. You saved lives on the USNS comfort, including the injured young Iraqi girl in the picture we are all most familiar with. When you came home in May 2003, it was truly hands down one of the greatest days of my life and I just wanted you home forever. And you finally answered that call to your family and retired in 2005 to be closer with us especially with sons going into high school you didn't want to miss on those times in our lives dad the legacy that you pass on to your sons is more than your military accomplishments it's the selflessness and the caringness you always provided to your kids you always got us candy after little league soccer baseball football practice When you were home from being deployed, we look up into the stands during a game and we always saw you. When we're at home, the old computers and something breaks, you go straight to Best Buy that night and find the missing part to fix it. And you taught me and Jeff how to drive, how to fix a car, how to fix things around the house. You were the cool dad to my friends and always there when we wanted to go to the movies and hang out at someone's house. When we were shared stories, if I told you I wanted to be an actor or a president, you always believed I can do it. For a long time, you were the only one that always believed in me at such a very young age and even in, in recent years. I love you so much for that, Dad. Many of you understand my dad through his wisdom that he brings to history, geography, diverse culture, curiosity to learn new things. He talks politics. He knows the capital of many countries in Europe, Africa, South America, and Asia. When I was applying for grad school for filmmaking back in the fall, dad shared with me an amazing story of how Grandpa Cosme and Grandma Angela, and it happened on one fleeting moment back in a small area in the Philippines when General Douglas MacArthur helped liberate the Philippines in World War II. That moment when Grandma and Grandpa met. Dad even had this story that tied to world history. And we know if Grandma and Grandpa didn't meet, a lot of things would have not happened, (laughs) for sure. I am so proud of the wisdom and intelligence you have brought to me, Dad. I promise you that I will bring that story to life one day. And many more stories that are tied with you that will be shared to us all. My dad has a deep love for the Velasquez family relatives, nephews, nieces, everyone in that Velasquez family Amor, Frank, Rick, Eddie, Nestor, Obit, June, Bernie Kidd, and Ling Ling. All of his siblings. Kuya Ernie, Kuya Justin, my Kuya John, Ati Crystal, Kuya Chris, Ray, Kuya Francis, Kuya Mikey, Kuya Jack, Joy, Ati Shay. John, Oliver, Andrew, Albert, Jenna, Chelsea, we all know Uncle Jim will find a way to make a reunion happen or be present even though we all live so far away. He loves you all so dearly and you know, in those one hour weekly Friday calls I have with my dad, he will at least be talking about a few of you and how you all are doing. He just cares so much about his family. His core trait is to love family. Nine years ago, my grandpa, Tatai Cornelio Licklick, passed away on the very same day of the viewing of my father, March 6th. The night before, I said to my brother, there is no coincidence that my dad's funeral viewing and my my grandfather's Tatai's passing are on that same day, March 6th. They are certainly arms around each other's shoulders, looking down upon Jeff and I, knowing how proud they are raising mature brothers that love each other, and that we will be proud men throughout the rest of our lives, knowing we had a dad and a grandpa that we love so much, that love for them feels perfect. I can see them both playing chess right now in heaven, sharing laughs like we did back in our dinner table at home in Woodbridge, Virginia. I know God has many plans for my dad. We are grateful for that but I cry to think about how we won't have our one hour weekly Friday calls over the phone when I'm living in LA. Man I said this already at the viewing it still makes me cry. (laughs) I cry out when I think about how you won't be able to walk with me and mom down the aisle on me and Rosemary's wedding day and share the moments with Rosemary's parents Mr. and Mrs. Garcia I cry out when I think about how you won't be able to hold me and Rosemary's first, baby. That one probably is the most painful. (laughs) I cry out when I think about how I can't tell you how much I love you for being a perfect father and reminisce on a beautiful life when I'm 60 and you're 93. If, If I'm 50 and you're 83, I cry out at that. And with all the tears and heartbreak that has occurred these past three months, my tears are almost out. As we pray for my dad's eternal peace, I realize that you truly will always be here by my side and will live inside of me. And after going through many of the photo albums and videos that my mom and actually you dad thankfully documented over the years. My mom documented the photo albums my dad as most dads in the 80s and 90s had that camcorder. You documented all of those years in the 80s, 90s, 2000s. I will find peace knowing how amazing of a life That you've had on this earth that the smiles the laughs the joys have resonated with so many people your wife your sons daughter-in-law brothers your mom and dad that you're now with in heaven your in-laws um the nieces nephews you're probably listening to this today because jim velasquez and or his family that he raised play a positive role in your life and the legacy of jim velasquez will always be a part of us I can find peace knowing that the positive impact and love you permanently instilled in us will resonate and will live with your grandkids, even with your great grandkids 100 years from now. The name and legacy of Jaime Jim Velasquez will continue to be passed down for generations beyond we know. One can hope that Jaime Velasquez fourth, 100 years from now, will be singing How Deep Is Your Love sometime in the future. You are never going away, dad. We promise you that. Going forward as we celebrate the wonderful life you've brought to all of us, we want to tell you, that we are proud of you, we always believe in you, you are survived in us and beside us forever. I hear your voice everywhere I go. When there's something we question, we answer it with how you would do it. Your legacy as a father, husband, brother, uncle Tito, son, and honorable man lives forever with all of us. Our minds and hearts, we will always be together. Dad, you are absolutely the greatest man in my life. Jeff and I are beyond proud to be your sons. We want you to know you accomplished everything you wanted as a family man. Absolutely everything. We love you so much, Dad. God bless to us all. And God bless to our beloved Jim Velasquez, always. So now I'm going to pivot us to how my dad had bounced back in his lifetime. And so I know um, maybe parts of that you can see in the eulogy that I pretty much just read off. But there's other stories that I I did want to share. Um, And so one of them was actually a story that way before he met my mom and before he came to America, I believe, he told me this story, actually, um, he told me the story back in November. So pretty much, what's that, like three, four months before he passed away. Um. My dad has survived a lot, and so the story he told me was that um, in the Philippines, it's not really a long story actually. But he told me that in the Philippines, um, he he told me that um, he, when he was swimming, he almost he almost drowned in 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 the Filipino sea. He literally almost drowned, and like if it, it, it was just like you know, oh, you can't swim, or you know, oh, like you know i can make it like you know he probably would have not shared that story so he probably literally almost drowned he actually had help and he got he got helped by someone that um he doesn't know their name but he you know and he's really thinking about him so that's really just amazing that he can still um you know recount those moments uh you know so many years later right decades later when he was when he was young also um he my dad uh, actually had a really bad illness when he was ten, and um he he had low blood pressure, it was like 50 over twenty um it was it was really bad and I don't he mentioned that he to my mom that he get, did get really sick when he was a kid, and his mom is is my grandma angela um, she prayed at the church, she prayed to saint Michael Archangel St Michael um who's really a protector and so miraculously like how do you come back from a 50 over 20 blood pressure he 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 survived and he he obviously 10, 10 years old he he went on for half a century and then one that i can recount in my lifetime my dad was stationed in camp lejeune in 2001 i believe yeah i think it was like in 2001 or something like that um because 9-11 happened and he was at at camp lejeune when they pretty much kind of put the base on lockdown or something like that and so it it wasn't like norfolk when he was stationed in norfolk in the mid 90s late 90s he was able to drive up from norfolk on the weekends and see us on friday through sunday um you know Two and a half hour drive, for those of you that don't know, from Norfolk, that's the Virginia Beach area, to Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C. And sometimes it can be an eight-hour drive with all that traffic. Don't let me fool you with that two and a half hour estimate. But anyways, um, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, that's way farther. That That's what, nine hours or something? Or maybe more than nine hours. And then so one, one day, it was like he went back to Camp Lejeune on a Sunday, and then Monday they were saying oh your dad's coming home i think my nanai said that my grandma god bless her she just got our vaccines in the philippines um she um she told she told me and jeff that your dad's coming home and we got excited cuz you know every time he's out or when they say he's coming home we're like you know we want our daddy to be home when he came home he wasn't coming home just to come home he got he had his long time Toyota pickup truck, red truck since the 1980s, long time Toyota pickup truck. He got rear ended by, I believe it was a, an 18 wheeler truck. Um, just, it was a hand run literally on the highway, which is even more crazy. He came back. Um, he had a lot of cuts, uh, on his face. Um, maybe not a lot of cuts, but he had, he had cuts on his face. He was still able to walk and function and move and, It was the first time I recognized fragility uh, of life. And so really to see him survive that is just a testament to who he is, right? He's, you know, um, at the funeral viewing um, back on March 6th, the uh, Maseñor Balbago, he said, you know, this is an untimely passing, but we don't know what if it would have happened sooner. My dad went to Iraq and Afghanistan after that car accident. In 2001, he went to Afghanistan.
1: In 2003, he went to Iraq. You know, I've seen the shows at that point to know that that might be the last time we
0: see them. And you, oh my gosh, if his life was lost in the hands of being at war
1: in combat while me and Jeff were still in middle school, and elementary school, you know, that would have been, I don't know. I don't even want to go there, and so you know my my heart is out to anyone that you know
0: is still grieving their the father their father not not being with them anymore, or even just like their if their father's never been there in their lifetime i my heart's out to you, and you know I, our pains are all different, but it is a pain that we we will learn to live with. Another time, my dad bounced back again. Let's go back to the war in Iraq. You know, um I think it, when he came back in that May 2003, I think we were all just like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. We don't want any more. Like, stop being stationed everywhere. And, you know, I think he really wanted to keep going because he got promoted to chief petty officer in 1998, and he was trying to rise the ranks. Uh, sure you military people know i really don't know the rankings e7 you know that's like i still don't think that's like you know even in that mid upper tier he's getting there right but it is like a high ranking right 22 years of service um but i think he was trying to get to another like a higher level and we were just begging for him to come back and i think that's very it could be selfish of us for wanting him to come back but he was so dedicated to his work and his line of service for his country. Like he was thinking, like maybe a couple more years, maybe you know who who knows how many more. Only he does, right? And so he he finally retired two years after the war in Iraq. And you know, um, I never knew. You know, if you if you watch shows, military people like it. It could have a mental mental toll being in service for that long especially being at war right and i never knew my dad to be of any kind of you know weird or disturbed at that at that time or you know any mental issues but let me tell you um let me tell you so, so, something like him getting out uh around or him coming back from iraq and you know he finished uh grad school at webster university in 2004 so he graduated with a master's. And then he retired in two thousand five. That probably was the string of peak moments in in his life. Really, really was really uh, so accomplished. You know, I'm sure there's so many years of isolation being in the military. I mean, can you imagine yourself staying in the U.S. NS Comfort ship, like the the naval ship? You know, like that ain't, ain't no Carnival Cruise Line. <laughs> Get out of here with that. You know. Um a lot of isolation so really it it's like the testament of bouncing back is just knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and he saw that and he saw that with and he stayed dedicated and I'm sure he's connected with so many of his his military colleagues who have reached out over Facebook or even called us direct and it's meant a lot and That he's cross paths. I'd love to hear their stories one day too. So maybe we could do another episode. Hearing their perspective. Um, But really. The testament of bouncing back. Is seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. Of so many years of being away from his family. And finally experiencing. Those peaks in life. Of returning home from Iraq. uh, The Iraq war in 2003. um, Operation Iraqi Freedom to him graduating and receiving his master's in two thousand four at Webster University, to his retirement in um in 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 two thousand five, his full retirement as active duty, honorable discharge, twenty-two years, chief petty officer E seven. We are so proud of you, Dad. And I, I we celebrated in Las Vegas your retirement at Uncle Bernie's house, singing a we we traveled to Hawaii, our first carnival cruise during those years. Jeff and I started football in two thousand four. You know, we we there was just so many. I was definitely a terrible teen at that time, so don't don't let don't get me wrong. But like you know, for my dad, that was definitely his peak peak years as his uh uh, in his life as a father. Um, And so um, you know, you you're rewarded, Dad. You bounce back. You're rewarded by you know, those those memorable moments with us, the legacy that you leave with us. So, you know, you were making us proud. It was our turn to make you proud while we were doing all of our our sports or, you know, academic recognitions back in middle school and in high school and, and whatnot. So And then another uh another final story is, um, I think a lot of you a lot of you that have military parents know that um, veterans, it's hard for them to get find work um, after being out of the military. My dad worked from like 2005 until uh, 2012 or 13, one of those years. But it was hard for him to find work for a while. And this was after I graduated college. And um, fortunately, I'm, I was there to keep him home at company while I was trying to also find a job myself. Um but that that was hard, and I think that weared weared on him a uh, a lot, and and so you know, um, I know he's I I was reaching out to my staffing, uh, my recruiting person that put me at Brand USA, the staffing agency that put me at Brand USA, as asked them to help help me find my dad uh, a job, and just doing all I can, and you know, it's just. It's just so crazy that during that time, just veterans um, opportunities just wasn't there as it needed to be back in 20,
1: 2013 through 2015, 2016. And so um, with that time, you know,
0: this is what I ask of you all again in these Middle years for these young adults. And those of you that have kids that are around my age or in their young adults and that are all, you know, sometimes, you know. And I I never wanted to block my, silo myself from family especially. But I encourage you to be close, to keep being close with your parents. Love them more. Even though it's so mushy or anything that you feel like it's oh too sentimental for social media. I was never scared to do that. It doesn't even need to be on social media. It can be with them in person. A surprise or, you know, a dance or you know, like or just be there with them. Oh, pop open an old videotape with your parents. With your with your dad. Especially the dads that recorded everything. I wish I had done that in more recent years. Um Again, you know, even though you think you don't, we don't want our parents to get old, and even though we think that we will do there's so many years still for them to never get old. You just, you just really need to count every single year and cherish those moments and value them as if you were close to the final years. And then in 2016, my my father, he. He found his job through, I think, a contact, our military colleague at New Age Sys, and he's, he's worked there in his final five years of his life. And we really are thankful for all of those at New Age Sys, uh, especially Belinda, that have sent flowers, the card, the 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 support. Um, it really means a lot to know. And they even had Cavi, Cavi Watson, another coworker, that called my dad's phone, and um, I talked to him for a while. And just just the impact that my dad even had on them in his final years of his life. Um, I'm glad to know that he had spent time with not it's not it wasn't a matter of just clocking in and clocking out. It was glad to know that he spent time with coworkers that he really enjoyed spending time being around. And we hope you all enjoyed being around him too. Um, it really means a lot to know that he's worked with coworkers that really do care about him. Um, my dad's not the one to sit at home in retirement. I think most of us aren't, you know. And think about all of our, you know, if they're, they're able to work, they're able to work. They want to get out of the house because people get bored in the house. I totally get it, right? You know, definitely different today in a work-from-home situation in quarantine, but our parents' generations are not wired to do that kind of thing. You know, some of them are, but not most. They they definitely want to be out. And so it's something I can't control. And so, yeah, I'm really, really, really proud of my father for being it's part of just having the determination, the perseverance, the, you know, just to never give up. He never gave up, you know, like he he kept going and he he kept trying to find side hustles, too, during that time, you know, Um, and he just never gave up. And that is something that I will take with me and run with it for the rest of my life. And the last thing I want to say is his love for family, his love for his family my 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 relatives have shared so many stories of how my dad wants to if there was someone in the corner of like a room of a hundred, he'll go talk to that person in the corner and make sure no one's left out. My auntie grace shared a story of how um they all had you know flowers at their our grandpa's funeral, and they they couldn't afford the standing spray, but my dad paid for that standing spray for them. My dad made so many sacrifices as a father, you know, if, if honestly, if the wheels are falling off our cars and my dad was driving the, you know, the nice car, my dad would give away the nice car and he'll drive the wheels falling off <laughs> the car with the wheels falling off. He would fix it and, he, the, you know, and it doesn't bother him. I ask him, like, does that bother you? You know, and like, no, I want to see you and Jeff happy. I want to see your mom happy. He makes so Many sacrifices. I'm so, so grateful, so grateful, and teaches a lot of us, teaches me how to be a great father like you have been, Dad. The one thing that we can take away that my father has left for his family, the legacy that he has left for his family, is continue to make sacrifices for the ones that you love the most. Continue to find compromise and sacrifice. For the ones that you love the most. Because that is what we do it for in this life. My dad is a big world traveler. And he was advocating to our family that he, we wanted to go to Africa, to safari, to really, you know. that was one big trip that we wanted to do. Um, that he wanted to do. I think all of us have the big travel thing in us. But my dad, especially so being stationed in so many places. Uh, around around the u.s and around the world and so one one uh quote that he shared is um i don't know if he put this together but he may have um but he says when i'm traveling the world i can feel more the presence of god because i think he's reminding me of how lucky i am being born on earth in return i thank him for giving me a mind so that i can understand his creations more fully and in giving me a heart and eyes that I can appreciate the beauty of his natural creations. Jaime L. Velasquez, 1957 to 2021. God bless you, dad. So as my family enters this next stage in life, we, we truly, truly, truly believe that the strength that we are experiencing right now is really coming from my father. Of course, being our guardian angel and the prayers that you all, I'm telling you, the prayers are everything. The prayers that you all have shared. Um, the legacy of my father that he has given to our family is one I wanted to share with you all because I want to share with you all, and I know it's been different for everyone else, but I want to share with you all as much as my dad has been an imperfect man, he is a perfect father. He has been a perfect father. He's a perfect family man. I'm sure he's a perfect husband for my mom. He honestly, again, his core trait is being a loving family man. And that's what he's done. And that's what he's accomplished. And that's his biggest accomplishment. And it should be for every single family. And whether it's not even your own father, it could be a, a brother, a sister, a loved one, a mentor, a mother, a grandparent. If you find that one, you know, if you have that one, please give them everything. Give them everything in return. I know you know that, but just want to remind you. You know, all the, all the, you know, brushing off like you know, jokes or whatnot. Like it's it's all fine in games, you know. But be, it's okay to be sentimental. It's be okay to be mushy. It's okay to love and squeeze them hard and love them and give them everything to say all the nice words you can because again we have to cherish all of these times with our loved ones my dad has been very supportive of how he bounced back he's been very supportive of this show he's been if <laughs> if there is no likes on a facebook post he'll be that one like he he talked to me on the phone about the show he talked to me in preparation about the show he he when I was recording the episode for my mom back, uh, back at home, he was smiling, watching everything that, w- that we were doing for the show. This is for you, Dad. And I know my dad said when I become a filmmaker or director or producer, he said he wants to be an extra in that film. And I said, of course you're going to be an extra, but Dad, you will be the main character in my, my stories. You're always going to be the main character. It won't be a final farewell, like I said, on July 6th because I know that we'll still continue to be talking every single day. May God bless us all always. Thank you all for tuning in to this tribute episode for the great Jaime Velasquez, my father. I love you.